0: Hey everybody, this is Brandon Ford and welcome to this week's TV episode of the Blowing Rage Podcast. We are once again revisiting Tales from the Crypt. This time it is Tim Roth in Easel Kill ya. Very creepy, very unsettling episode and one of my absolute favorites. So, hope you'll enjoy it. As always, we will begin with a 10 count So, if you want to watch along, have your episode queued up and ready to go. Okay, so other than that, if you want to check out my books, please go to Amazon.com, hit the drop down, select books, type in Brandon Ford, and all of my titles should show up as well as my Amazon author page. You can also check me out on Audible by going to Audible.com or the Audible app, typing in Brandon Ford, and you'll find nine titles. As of now, uh, and for your listening pleasure. Uh, lastly, oh no, one more thing, couple more things. Please don't forget to follow me on Instagram at writer Brandon Ford. And lastly, if you'd like to email me. You can reach me directly at blindragepod81 at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, criticisms, suggestions, or recommendations you might have. Hope to hear from you, and a reply is guaranteed, just as long as you don't just email me and say hi. And that's it, because that's obnoxious. Use your words. Okay, so we're going to do a 10 count, and then we are going to get into Tales from the Crypt. Easel kill you. Ten, nine, eight, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I've been doing a lot of episodes of Tales from the Crypt as of late, and because of their short running time, I feel like I have to talk super fast just so I can get everything that I want to say out before the ending end titles. And these are often times under 30 minutes. I think the longest one I did was twenty-seven minutes. But yeah, I don't know why I'm wasting my time with that nonsense when I could be talking about the actual episode. But anyway, this is Easel Killa. I think the first time I've ever seen Tim Roth in anything, and I've never seen the actress who played Sharon. Her name's like she's a really ethnic name, Roya Megno, or something like that. But it also has William Atherton, <clears throat> who was in the film adaptation of. Jack Ketchum's novel The Girl Next Door which I also did a commentary for and I talk about him in that episode. His character's name is Mayflower. Um, Oh, this episode also stars Nancy Fish who as I'm sure I said in my commentary for Dr. Giggles way back in the B-movie Bonanza days was all over the place in the late 1980s and uh, up until, I believe, the mid-90s. She was a character actress. I don't know if she's still alive. But she was a character actress who was often seen in supporting roles or bit roles on TV and in a lot of movies. And she was often in the opening titles of a film or whatever film that she was in and I knew to expect her Okay now we're getting into the into the episode um This is sort of similar to the sort of but not really the character is sort of similar to the character in the lover's vow segment of tales from the dark side the movie in that they you know it's a tim roth's character jack is a struggle, is a struggling artist who can't get a break is w- day, and night for six day and night for six months okay um yeah who's who's working constantly, but he can't seem to get anywhere in the field and uh-huh, being a painter while it is while it is a uh a very uh a masterful craft it's uh very difficult to make money at so I don't, I wouldn't discourage anyone from ever pursuing a career in the arts, but if you want to be a painter, uh, that's going to be a problem. This is really, really twisted. Um. So in a second, we're about to cut to the support group that Jack is in, and... I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't think they say what this group what, Remember, we are not alone. We are and that allows us to face forgiven. That makes me think that it's some kind of religious group. Maybe. But I always assumed it was some sort of group. It's, it can't be a group for alcoholics. It's It can't be an AA meeting or an NA meeting. Because they don't talk about alcoholism. They don't talk about falling off the wagon or anything to do with drinking. So that always led me to believe or to assume that it was a support group for people who needed help with anger management. But oh, she's she's in the group because she's uh, Sharon is uh, in the group because she's she's uh, prone to a, obsessive relationships. I guess it's it's not a a, 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 a theme specific support group I don't know I I was never able I was never never able to figure out this aspect of the story I guess it could just be a support group for people who need to be heard to need who need just general support from peers who are also struggling with similar or different demons I don't know he also seems to have some sexual hang-ups I don't think he's gay definitely de- I definitely don't think he's gay cuz he he clearly falls in love with Sharon and but when sharon asks him to to paint her portrait i'm tr- i'm trying to listen to the dialogue in between talking because i have i want i want to see if she or he um give some hint as to what the support group is for because that always bo- bothered me um but yeah, he seems to have some sexual hang ups or some issues having to do with sexual attraction because when they're trying to decide how she is to pose for her her portrait, um she does a very, you know, seductive pose where she lifts up her skirt a little bit to reveal some leg and towels her hair a little bit and that seems to make him very uncomfortable I I don't I couldn't deal He's, his music is so loud that he's setting off car alarms. Are you kidding me? That's when you call the police. And it's so clearly, well, I don't know, maybe it's not, because (laughs) there was some kind of like, uh, wait, 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 there's going to be a stock scream, hold on. There you go. <laughs> I've definitely heard that in another episode of Tales from the Crypt, and I've heard it elsewhere, too. I, 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 I always complain about that during these commentaries because I don't understand why something like a scream can't be recorded specifically for whatever... Why is it that you have to go to a pre-recorded scream that has been used a million times before and that anybody with ears will recognize? There's a handful of female screams that I constantly, constantly hear in movies and TV shows, especially on some cornball shit like the ID channel. And... um. Yeah, again, I don't get it. I don't get why they can't just... Either if the actress who is playing the role... Because I, I know, you know... Conveying that emotion is... That's such a strong emotion of panic and fear and terror... Is not something that every woman is capable of doing... Uh, um, as a performance. But... um and you know I, i'm sure every woman can scream in some capacity but whether it's effective that is to be determined and if the actress who is under some sort of emotional or physical or whatever terror or the actor or the male um and it's not it's not effective it's not authentic doesn't sound real you just get somebody else to do it and then you dub it. You don't go to the fucking... I think of that scene in um, License to Drive when fucking Corey Feldman calls Haim after he takes the uh, takes the uh, driving exam <laughs> and he has the uh, the record that says sound effects in big letters on it and he's got the uh, applause He's playing the applause into the phone. Well, also, they have that thing in A Nightmare on Elm Street um, with uh, Johnny Depp trying to pretend that he was spending the night with his cousin who lives at the airport. But that was, that tape was a mess because it was a mishmash of all kinds of sounds that were blended together. Okay, so I think, yeah, we're, I don't, I talked over how. I talked over how Jack was introduced to Mayflower, but Mayflower is a very, very rich man who has a vast collection of death art, I guess you can call it, and I think some are real, Images of like, uh, like fucking like concentration camp stuff, and um, I don't know, I don't know, but just general, you know, death and. While I think the the painting that he did of the guy who fell off the balcony was cool, it was a little too cartoony. It was something that um, I think you would see in the Tales from the Crypt comic book. And Mayflower, when you see his stuff, and I'd spent so long because I've actually seen this episode visually that I don't remember, but when you see the stuff he collects, it's not at all, cartoony. It's very, it's very real. It's very brutal, and it's very dark. And I'm not an expert. <laughs> I always say that with with, with whatever I'm talking about during a commentary. But I'm not an expert in an art expert by right any means. But. I thought the, or from what I remember, I thought the the colors of his body were, that his portrait of the dead body were rich and vibrant and and not at all creepy. Um, like I said, I think they were very cartoony. It was very cartoony. It was not bad. Again, I don't think it was bad. I just think it was not grim. Enough. are about to have I think Nancy Fish coming up. Hey, oh, she. There she is. Hey, hey, hey. Why don't you uh pick us up a nice ball of entertainment while you're out, huh? Okay, there's a uh... more well, of course he's still pretending to be sober. Oh, I think we just cracked the case. She asked him to buy them a bottle of a little quote unquote entertainment and she said unless you're t- still pretending to be sober. Maybe it is an alcoholics meeting. But that didn't seem like a, that didn't seem like an alcoholics meeting. I, an AA I don't know why I keep saying alcoholics meeting. An AA meeting. And the Sharon character, I don't she, like. I said, her Ooh, that's the shears through the chest. That's nasty. And that's something that is 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 grisly because it's, you wouldn't die right away, and you would have to deal with that. I, I don't even want to think about it. But. Yeah, Sharon's issue was obsessive relationships, so why was she going to an AA meeting if that was her issue? But again, like I said before, it could have been a general support group for people who needed support with a variation, oh, she's not dead, yet, with a variety of problems. <clears throat> um, anyway, moving along. Much, I don't know how, why this kills her when he takes the picture of, um, when he takes the picture uh, with the Polaroid and fuck, I wanted to say something else, but now I forgot because all my thoughts are garbled, much like that mishmash of sound effects in the Nightmare on Elm Street scene. Yeah. Uh, fuck, what was I going to say? Um, oh, um, oh, I was going to say when you, when he gets to the point where he's painting with wait, wait blood, you get to like a Herschel Gordon Lewis territory, uh, with, um, color me blood red. And I don't think a bucket of blood. No, mm -mm. I don't think a bucket of blood concerned painting. I think he was a sculptor. Well, to be honest, I never saw the original with Dick Miller. I just saw that stupid made for cable remake with Anthony Michael Hall and Justine Bateman. But Yeah, he was a uh, he was a sculptor. So I don't know why it was called a bucket of blood. That made no sense. And that's probably why they changed the title to the Death Artist for the for the remake. What kind of piece? Um but I don't think necessarily painting with blood is a very original concept. It's it's definitely reminiscent of other stories dealing with other other struggling artists. Um but yeah, this is this is much like May this episode my thoughts are so scattered much like Mayflower's collection of death art this episode as of as a whole is very very grim and as i say in the commentary for the three's a crowd episode a lot of the tales from the crypt episodes deal with twist endings and oftentimes the twists are funny uh or silly or quirky and then you have ones like three of crowd and this one where they're just very very bleak and very grim and I think as much as I enjoy the silly quirky ones these are the the as far as endings or twist endings go these are the ones that I enjoy the most because they deal with a very very unhappy endings they deal with irony and the closure of uh, for the character is often not something that you see coming um although i think you might see something is going to happen especially with characters like jack because by the end he's completely spiraling out of control and i've seen this episode many times but the scene that always gets me um because it's so fucking dis- the, the I there I would sh- I would for sure say there are aren't ve- very many episodes of the show that I would say are disturbing but I think this one for sure is and a lot of that has to do with the scene in which Sharon gets hit by the car cuz that that uh, uh, scene is pretty pretty violent and because she, and I think it makes it more effective that Sharon is such a cute and sweet and soft-spoken character that it makes it even more effective so there's that I think Tim Roth does a really good job in this one. He definitely does come across as... As... I don't know if I would say disturbed, necessarily. But he definitely comes across as troubled. Brooding. um, Unhappy. And... um, It's polar opposite to the character he plays in Four Rooms, which isn't a fantastic movie, but I like it, in which he plays a bellman. It's a comedy anthology um, that Tarantino was involved in, and Madonna starred in the first segment, which was was the main reason why I saw it. So yeah he was funny in that and in this he's just scary hit the microphone surprised I didn't knock it over Oh fuck, I hate when this happens. I try to cover. I try to cover when I'm. Uh oh. I'm taking a drink of water and I'm always hoping that I'm taking a drink when something is actually happening in the background. And I. It always seems. I always seem to take that drink when there's dead air. So there's just silence. Okay. Oh god. This is something that I'm glad I I, I can't see. And it happened so fast. Oh, here it comes. Oh! Oh, God. And I say so many times, so many times, um... I talk about my visual disability, and it's not something that I enjoy talking about, but it is this is the Blind Rage podcast, so you have to deal with that, I guess. But being visually impaired, being violently hit by a car, is has become one of my biggest fears. Because I'm always frightened to cross the street, even though I'm trained, even though I have a cane that signals the drivers... Um, it's still scary and if I don't die then my life would be even more complicated (laughs) okay so anyway moving right along So, I always wondered, because, you know, you get the the big twist ending is he he bashes this guy's brains in, um, by by slamming his head against a brick wall or a uh, cinder block, I don't know, concrete wall, we'll say, and he grabs, I don't know where he got the paintbrush, he does. I don't. I know he's a painter, but I don't think he carries a paintbrush with him. Um, but he grabs a paintbrush and a piece of cardboard, and he just puts throws something together in a matter of seconds. But with this guy's blood and his brain, and it's not. It's for sure an abstract piece, and he presents it to Mayflower. And I always wondered if. He told Mayflower exactly what this was. If he said, you know, this is real brains here, buddy. This is real blood here, buddy. And that's why Mayflower says, you've made me very happy. Mm ago. Uh, I love that sound cue. It's so fucking morbid And then you get that that and then when he realizes he's caught We get this because the sheets are being pulled over her and then when he wait a minute Here it comes. I understand that you're an artist. Uh-oh. Here's the music. Wait. And I love that effect of the blinds closing as we fade to black. Because that's like the end. That's like to signify the not only end of the episode, but the end of his life. yeah that's a good one that's a really good episode very very dark As always, I want to thank you for joining me on another TV episode of the Blind Rage Podcast. I hope you enjoyed and I hope that you'll come back real soon. Until next time, this is Brandon Ford wishing you all unpleasant dreams.